Ladies and gentlemen, around the world, this is Gavina T.K. Kirkland. You're listening to the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the T.K. Kirkland Show. And I always try to bring you interesting people from all over the world. And at my show in Atlanta last week, I'm out in the lobby. I'm taking pictures. And I'm a, as you know, I'm a hoodie. I love hoodies. I love baseball caps. And a brother was walking head on all black with MLK, Martin Luther King. I hope that's what it meant. I'm not sure. Um, on his hoodie, and I loved it. He sent me a few, and we talked. And he happens to be a poet. He's into poetry. And I said, hmm, this might be really something different for my show to talk about poetry, how he's inspired how other poets who are poets inspired and things that are going around in the Atlanta area that people can fly from maybe all over the world one day, come to Atlanta and have these poetry sessions like they used to have back in the day with Def Jam. So tell us about your um, poetry. Let's talk about your hoodies, talk about your poetry, tell the people who you are and blah, 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 and we're rocking there. Oh, my, my name is uh, my name is Milk. Um, I host two shows currently in um, in Atlanta. One is at Cats Cafe. I do it every third Saturday, and one is at a uh, Awkward Club. I do it every first Friday. Um, I've been I wrote two books. I do a podcast for interviewing some of you know. It's funny you said Death Poetry Jam. Some of the people I've interviewed, they own Death Poetry Jam on my podcast. My podcast okay. is called Yeah. My podcast is called Yeah, There's Milk. So yeah, man. So I, I've been doing this for a while. I've been, I've done, I've gotten features in Alabama, North Carolina, South Carolina. I got a show I got to do uh, next year in DC. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm out here, man. Of course, I've done shows in Atlanta. That, that's, you know, that's a no-brainer. But yeah, I'm right. Out here. Now, where are your, where is your, where, where do you get inspired about your poetry, and where does that come from, and how did you get into poetry? Well, I've been writing poetry since I was a kid, since I was in middle school. The funny thing is, is like a lot of my poetry is about, I'm from Baltimore. A lot of my mm-hmm. poetry is about, um, my first book was really about me growing up in Baltimore. You know, some of the things I've done, my friends done and stuff like that. Initially, mm-hmm. I, I was just writing this stuff and I didn't even know that I was going to do something with it. I just like write my, my thoughts down. So I would right. just write it, put it up, write it, put it up. And then, um, it started from like one time our teachers, the English teachers used to have us go in front of the class and read our stories in front of people. It wasn't poetry, but just write short <laughs> stories. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they would always make fun of the people who couldn't read. But when I would go up there and get on stage, all the people that was like gangsters, killers, people who was like uh, real rowdy, they would tell everybody, like, basically shut the fuck up and let let him do what he got to do, let him talk. So when right. I and I didn't know they was interested, I I couldn't pay attention at the time that they were that interested in my works, right? right. So, um, so it started there and it just grew for me. Just keep writing, put the stuff up, writing, put stuff up. So when you ask me what I write about, I would say I write about um, the things I've seen, the things I've done. Sometimes it could be a conversation, and and, a lot, and sometimes it's just my imagination. So mm-hmm. I go in different lanes. A lot of poets, from what I've seen. They kind of stay consistent with one one common thing, but me, I try to write about just everything, man. I, I can write about a flower. I can write about 
somebody get me head bust. I write about every single thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my definition thing. of also being a good comedian. I tell, I haven't told the people, but my definition of a great comedian is a person who can make anything funny. Like mm-hmm. when you look at a doorknob and make it funny. Other than people, right? You understand what I'm saying? Like like you can look at a TV, a lamp, a mattress, a cover, a carpet. Can you make it funny? Yeah, are you a one-trick That's the level, right. And that's the level of comedy. Like, I normally don't let people open up for me. So last night in um, Tennessee, um, the young man um, from Texas came to see me perform and I asked him, he said, can I go up this time? At first, I, because I don't like comics going on because they don't know how to get off on stage. They don't understand the, they don't know the headliners. They don't understand the headliners act. I think mm-hmm. any comic that goes on and does a feature or guest spot before the headliner shouldn't know what the headliner talks about so they can adjust their show. You can't go to a guest spot and you're doing the same topics as the headliner is doing. So I wore all that. But when I told my man that, it messed up his whole act. He couldn't go on stage. Oh, man. Oh, man. He wasn't ready. Yeah, you got you got to be ready. You got to you gotta have more than one arsenal. Not just that. It's crazy that you got to explain that etiquette to him because that's something you should just know. That's to what, me, that's just something not, you should know. A lot of comedians don't know, even veterans. Yeah, well, guess what? <laughs> right. They don't know the truth. Some people don't even know how to MC a show. Like, there's a there's a difference in MCing and doing your stand-up as an open, as an MC. If you're doing your stand-up as you're hosting a show, then you're not an MC. You went up mm-hmm. there and became a comedian, and you're performing in front of the headliner, and you're unless the headliner's strong, you are really – devaluing the show because now you have become his competition. And not just that, what you're doing is you give it away a free feature and you're cheating yourself also. Because a lot of times, like when I'm hosting a show, when I'm emceeing a show, what I do is I might do one poem, but I'm not up there to do a feature because you got to pay me to actually do that. So why would mm-hmm. I just shoot my whole load uh, going up there doing poem after poem after poem when it's not my time? It's my time to bring these new young people to come up mm-hmm, after me mm-hmm. to make sure I cultivate code them to the next level. And, if, right. and also, you might have an amateur. And I don't want to do a poem because, see, I don't know if you know this, TK, but poetry is kind of sort of like, 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 like comedy. You right. can go, behind, you can go right. after somebody that's a monster and, you, and it will shake your soul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't even put them in that type of, it's just a certain etiquette. And like you said, everybody just don't know how to do that. They sure don't, family. That's yeah, why I yeah. shut it down. No, I don't, I do one-man shows. You see yeah, how much you came to see me? Ain't nobody open up for me except the person yeah. MC. Yeah, what you did, man, I, I, I said in the text, man, like, that's legend. You, that's legend talk, what you was doing, man. What you was doing, it was just masterful. I love comedy. I studied it. I study mm-hmm. comedy. Like, I, it, it, you know, even when I'm hosting, I look at old stuff like Sinbad. Like, I look at stuff, some of the stuff Sinbad do. If right. you are a person that's getting on stage, if you're smart, you can learn something from any artist. Right. Like, I don't have to watch a poet to learn something. I can look at James Brown to learn something. I can yep. look at Prince and learn something. I can that's look right. at Fela Kute and learn something. If you're smart and you know how to, and not steal from them, you don't want to do that. 
Mm-hmm. But learn, but that energy, that energy. What all right? That be observant. Most definitely. Most definitely. You have but to be observant. A lot of people think they was born to be great and not understand you got to study the grace to become great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. And you were yeah. telling me about the show last week about what you saw, and I said, "Hey, don't tell me I want you to wait till the, um, till we do the podcast." And you were saying how you were talking about you was great in the performance of T.K. Kirkland. Yeah, from what I've seen, what you did on stage, man, to me, you to me, I saw your last special, right? The one that's on right. Amazon, right? It is on Amazon, right? Am I mm-hmm, right? On Amazon, mm-hmm. right? What you did on Amazon, of course, that's dope. You killed it. But what you did on what I saw recently, man, that's masterful. It's only one. It's only two things I would change. I don't even know if you want to talk about it on a podcast, so I could get off. Yeah, damn. Oh, the only thing I would change is one. The special. I, this is what I would do if I was you. I would name the special, uh, the legendary TK, right? Mm-hmm. And then I, I would have different artists, you know, different because you know because you have created something where as though the audience love you. People want you, you know, when you look on the YouTube comments, people making fun like, yeah, you know, I met this guy such and such. I would have, I would do a TK challenge and have the audience involved, have the people involved, and then I would call it the legendary TK. And I would the part where you saw talking about, uh, you know, people you met. I would move that to the front. Of the, of the thing, and then going to everything else. What you did with me was massive. I studied stuff. I studied this shit. Mm-hmm. You killed. You killed this shit, bro. You killed it, bro. Yeah, that was you a good show. And your call of response, like, like you did something that you came back to it. I won't bring up nothing because I don't like spoiling stuff for people. You need to see it yourself. Mm-hmm. And I also like the fact that you, uh, you made people say like, "Look, don't record me. We, you know, just, just vibe, man." That's a lot of a lot of times when I'm up there on stage and I'm doing something new. I tell people, like, yo, put your phones down. Just stay tapped in. It's not about always trying to capture the moment. You got to live in the moment, man. Right, 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 right. Yeah, my show is different every day. Um, you might see something. Oh, see, if you have six shows during in one weekend, I try to do something different on every show. Now, right. somebody who came to my show last year might come to my show this year, and you might see some of the same stuff, but the show before that, I probably did a whole different show. Most definitely. That's why I come. I really like one show a weekend where people come one time, and that way I can shoot my load from two and a half hours. Because Thursday night last week, I did almost three hours on stage. Easy. Damn. People after the show said, I didn't even know it was that long. Because you see what I did I, that night, you saw me. I did two hours and some change. Most definitely. It was you massive. laugh from beginning to and, end. And, and look, they was looking at the, they was looking at me and my little brother like, yo, what did they, they like? Because some of the stuff, like, you do things in a way where as though, like, you do things in a way where as though you insulting, you insulting people, but you insulting people in a way to make them grow. And I right. love the way you do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I mean, I, and I don't know how many people understand like what you're doing when you're doing it. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, like right. when you say when you say like, "Yo, you don't got no motherfucking house." I'm laughing like I got a house, and it's just funny to me. Right. When people, who, when people don't have no house, they probably looking at they probably looking at you like motherfucker. You know what I mean? But it's <laughs> funny, man. It's mm-hmm. funny, man. Uh, and the thing is, is like the way you 
the way you insult people to 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 get on their shit. Sometimes that's what some people need. People that's don't right. need that. Hey man, you know anybody on me to get to the top? No. Sometimes you need to get off your ass and make some adjustments. You, I call this this. I call it. You need to audit your thought process and make mm-hmm. the adjustments. And, 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 and so you can move forward. And, and if you don't audit your thought process, and if you don't be real with yourself on adjustments you need to make in life, you ain't going never go to the next level, bro. So and true. I ain't even talking about getting money. I'm talking about every fucking thing. You and gotta one of the audit things, your thought process. Right. And one of the things I talk about also, and to the ladies and gentlemen who listen as well, yeah, I always say America should have had a little dictatorship. Now, people probably say, nah. But see, what? America has is too much fucking free time, and people need to be told what to do. And let me prove my point to the people listening. The Williams sisters from Compton, California, was told what to do since they was five and became the greatest tennis players in the world. Floyd Mayweather was told what to do since he was eight and nine, became the greatest boxer the world has ever seen. Tiger Woods was told what to do since he was a child and became the greatest golfer in the world. Michael Jackson was told what the fuck to do and became the greatest entertainer ever. If those are not great examples, I don't know what to tell people. That's real. That's real. But because when you, I'm glad. No, no, you finish. Just finish saying what you're saying. No, because when you have someone that can lead you, a good parent, a good coach, it means something. And what is going on in the world today is because the people are not respecting religion anymore. People are not respecting their parents because the parents are not there. Because back in the 80s and 90s, everybody was just fucking. Daddy's leaving. Mama still wanted to party. Um, nobody had discipline. So these kids are out here just running wild, running a buck, because there's no who raised you. There's nobody guiding anybody. So these kids are winging it for themselves and going to prison at 19, 20 years old, thinking that it's okay until you get in there. And I don't care unless you uh, 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 you like men or whatever, just to be with a group of men and having corrupted cops fuck with you all day or um, put you in protective custody and have you locked down. You can only come out an hour a day. Oh, man. They eat that fucking cancerous food. They wouldn't even give it to a dog when you're used to eating decent food. I don't know. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. I, I tell anybody, I, I, say, look, I say, look, you know, Balling for three years is ain't is not worth or five summers. That's not worth your fucking life, bro. Mm-mm. <laughs> Mm-mm. No, sorry, that ain't, no, no, no disrespect. It ain't even funny. See, I've been locked up. That's ain't funny. You know, I just had money to always bail the fuck out and beat my cases. But to the people who don't have those opportunities, that go in there and do seven, ten, twenty, thirty years, sometimes life. Man, I don't get it. it. You sleep on them hard ass beds, a little ass mattress. But but the other thing is, I feel like sometimes people are not conscious of their moves until they until you get jammed up, then you become conscious of. I used to be like that. Me too. 
Me I used too, to do I things and think about the consequences afterwards. <clears throat> now you got to take two years to fight that case that you just caught. Something that took five minutes, take okay, 24 months, maybe five years for a bad decision. Because if you beat the case, they're going to put you on probation. And probation is going to be five years. And when you're on probation for five years, guess what? You've got to walk the chalk line because they want you to fuck up so they can violate you. Now five years of your life on went by, Some, and they're getting real tough now. So once you get probation, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes you can't leave the state. And so catch a case out of town, you're not home. But your case is in another state. They won't let they won't let you go back home to do probation. Unless you got a good attorney. You have to stay wherever you are. And if you can't get a place to live, they send your ass to the shelter. Imagine that. That's a horrible feeling, fam. No, that ain't for me, bro. That ain't for nah, me. Mm, so I stay out the way. And yeah, I just I'm want people I just want people to win. But this is not about the jail stuff or the jail system because we could talk about that all day. It's really about your poetry and all that. Now, do you get nice crowds at your um your venues in Atlanta? Yeah, I, I have. A, I draw a nice crowd, man. I have. Um, we've been doing this one show for well, actually, in October it will be four years. Oh, and good, this, good. Yeah, yeah. So we've been doing this for four years, and um. The other show I just started last month. It was a nice crowd. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll text you a video of how that looked. Oh, mm-hmm. It was crazy, man. And, and the thing is, is like the way I host, I don't. I try to make it feel like it's a party. That's my goal. Like, okay, so yeah, I'm trying to make you. I'm trying to create the energy of how I used to feel that when we was younger. Like, I remember uh, recently, I had a I had a young boy and a young girl get on stage. I said, "Who's single?" You know, they raised their hand. I brought them almost mm-hmm. sit down and talk. Talk to each other in front of us. Let me see how you talk. Because mm. y- young men don't even know how to talk to women. That's young right women on. do know how to t- receive compliments from a man. So mm-hmm. when you when, when you and I and at first I prep I say this how you talk and I and I, I talk to the women in front of them and whatever so they can see how it's supposed to be. And these young men are so much in their phone. And these right. young women are so much they do not understand human communication. They don't understand social cues. Mm-hmm. They are lost. They lost, bro. And that's why we have the problems that we have. So when a man is complimenting a woman, she is calling him thirsty when it's a compliment. It's not a marriage proposal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's I, to the point that when you say that to a female, a female say, I bet you say that to everybody. And I say, bitch, I do. You ain't the only pretty motherfucker on this planet. Or to the point because the men are so chaotic, you can't even go to a woman's house and pick her up on a date like a gentleman. Most definitely. You got to meet her where you're going because she don't trust you. Or you don't trust her. That's how crazy it is. When you say you don't trust her, that's real. Mm Mm-hmm. Or you don't trust her. Cut your ties up, put shit in your car, all type of shit. Now, I've heard that... um, Situation in Atlanta where that girl was getting guys for the jewelry and money, and she turned herself in. Mm-hmm. Did you do you remember that a couple weeks ago? No, I ain't hear about that. But you know that's what they that's what they do in Baltimore, where I'm from. That's that's normal. 
that's normal. You know, you, you go to a hotel, a girl, you know, you got a gun in your face in the middle of the night. Girl done rocked you to sleep, gave you, you know, fucked the shit out you, gave you all sex, you, you drained it, you think you sleep. Next thing you know, you wake up, it's a gun in your face. Wow. So, yeah, you, you got you got to be careful out here, man. You know, like, all pussy ain't good pussy because it's good pussy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to be on yeah. point, bro. Right, boy, you got to be on it. point. You got to be mm-hmm. on point. Because, that's sad. Um, yeah, I know. I know. I know. And it's, it's crazy. I think, you know, I, was that Chicago when they when they, when they said the girl was, they, was in the refrigerator or something like that? Yeah, when she was at a party and she was yeah. drunk. Yeah. I don't know what Chicago, I think it was Minnesota, Minneapolis, something like that. Yeah, but man, it's even you, Chicago. Yeah, but what about you, it? I'm just saying, like, just in general, man, like, you got to be careful, man. I don't care where you are. I'm from Baltimore, but I live in Atlanta. I know it's, I know it's, it's killers here. If I go to Compton, it's killers there. It's mm-hmm. killers in, in Utah. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, can play, you, you, you can't be sleep nowhere. You got to be on point. You, got, you can't be too eager to get ass. Uh-huh. Uh, w- women, you can't be too eager to give give out the ass. You gotta you gotta investigate it because not just people robbing you. You gotta be careful about the energies you have around you. Also, right, you know what I mean. Right. It's not it's not just getting it ain't about just getting pussy or might get robbed. What happens when you bring an energy around you that has some shit that they haven't dealt with, some dysfunction they haven't dealt with, and it activates some dysfunction within you that you thought you dealt with. And actually mm-hmm. activate you to become something you used to be, or somebody around you, or stuff like that. You gotta be careful on all different type of levels, man. But I That's think true. as you get, I think as you get older, for me myself, I'm better at seeing it and standing away from it because I can see it because I know what I used to be when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So when I see it, I say, "Oh, I know what you is." Either I'm gonna keep you at a certain distance so you can still learn from me, or I'm gonna mm-hmm. keep you the fuck away from me because you too. Be too reckless, and I don't need you to fuck up everything that I'm trying to plan for the future. That's right. But I got right. some shit I'm trying to do. I don't even consider myself just a poet. I would just consider myself a creator because I've done made beats. I've done podcasts. I've written books. Um, I, I host shows. I get paid to do poetry. Um, I've interviewed people. So I just want to do way more than what I've been doing now. Like, That's like my, The things I plan on doing in the future – I plan on trying to do TV series, movies, and everything. And the moment I get in, the moment I get all the way in like I want, I'm going to make sure I can double back and give you something. And I know you don't need me because you you already you already up and running. But anybody mm-hmm. that's going to give you any type of alley you you got to remember that, man. I appreciate mm-hmm. this alley you. I appreciate this alley because you don't got to fucking – you ain't never heard my poetry. You don't know if I'm good or not. Right. You don't have to I, do I that, go off bro. energy though. Like most, when I put DL Hughley on, Mike Epps on, Tanja Bullock, and all these people, it was because of their energy, and that's what you had when I started I, talking to you. I appreciate that, bro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was that. your energy that that made me say, "Hmm." So now, how can people get in touch with you, and they want to come to, when they come to Atlanta and and be in town on the day you do your shows. Tell them how to get in touch with you and how they can come up and or send you something so you can uh, evaluate their poetry before they come on your show. Because you just don't let anybody on your show. You got to see what they're capable of doing, correct? No, well, I have an open mic, right? So okay. the open mic, anybody can get on. Comedians, rappers, singers, if you dance, anything you do, you can get on there. But for okay. the um, for the feature, um, I have to know what you're about. I mean, the people that I pay to dip there, you have to be a killer. I tell anybody, if you come to my show, 
if the feature is up there, you don't like the feature, I will give you your money back because that's how much I think this is serious. If I got you up okay. there and I'm paying you to be up there, you got to be a killer. I mean, like so you, could, you could follow me at Yeah This Milk, um, all one word, or you could follow, I'm also part of a collective called VIP, Village Inspired Port. You can follow um, Village Inspired Port on um, Instagram. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a team of poets, all of us dope. Um, there's no, no weak links. And um, I'm just doing a lot of different things out here, man. I'm doing a lot okay, of different things. Okay, I want you to do me one thing. Go What's back up? and spell that shit you just said. Both those places people can go. Because okay, I'm dyslexic, so. so when you said it, I just saw a lot of letters <laughs> together. So most spell this shit, please. Um, it's, it's, um, uh, yeah, this book is Y-E-A-H-T-H-I-S-M-I-L-K. Again, that's Y-E-A-H. T H I S M I L K. So you can follow that in, on all social medias. You know, I mean, just if you want to see my interviews that I've interviewed people from Death Portrait Dram and some of the artists, everybody I interview, they all killers. Just go, look on the YouTube, type that one word in, and it should pop up. If you want to purchase my book, my first book is called Young, Arrogant, and Invincible. My second book is called I Apologize, and I'm currently working on my third book right now. I'm like 97% done. But yeah, that's what, right, I, so that's what I'm Explain the with. first two books. Explain those two. All right, the first book is called Young, Arrogant, and Invincible. That's about me growing up in Baltimore. Some of the things I've seen, some of the things I've done. If I ain't doing some of my homeboys done it, it's just about stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. It's about basically a lot of times we usually watch The Wire and different things. It, 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 it gives you like it make you it make you feel like Baltimore. You be like, oh, I don't want to go to Baltimore. I want you to know that Baltimore worse than that because I was actually in it. So when mm-hmm. you read the book, it's from a first person. You feel like you actually the character in the book. So if you want to really know how Baltimore is, read that book. I got friends from Baltimore. They said, bro, it's hard for me to get this book. They say, I say, I know, but it's the truth. You know what I mean? So when they're done, they say, I love the book. It really gives people an insight how I feel to actually live in Baltimore or actually probably D.C. or any other place, uh, New Orleans, any, any other place is probably stricken. Um, the second uh-huh. book is called I Apologize. It's a book to uh, black women because a lot of times, you know, like even like when I was young, I used to be a ruthless dude. I was I would say I was a fuck boy based on, on women because I did a lot of fuck shit to women. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When I say a lot of fuck shit, I don't mean like uh, 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 stealing from women or some shit like that. But I mean like I fuck her, 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 and her. You know what I mean? Just doing shit right. like that. I mean, so... That book is about it's about relationships and it's about me giving my apologies to black women from my perspective. So when black women know, like, yo, I know y'all think we don't got your back. I know you think we don't, you know, we 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 reckless and, and nobody have your back. But I'm here to tell you, like, I'm sorry for what I done to you when I was younger. Because when you you just don't know no better. You know, you just out here just running reckless. You just like like you just running reckless when you're younger. Nobody tells you like, yo. When you do this, that, and the other, what you're doing is you're hurting a black woman's future. You hurt a black woman that can fuck up her whole family, and that fuck up another family, and that fuck up. But nobody breaks that shit down to you. Yep. All you think you're doing is getting pussy. Right. <laughs> That's all I you think about you're that doing. Last night, so you can't tell women the truth. So they always say they want the truth, but they can't handle the truth because they carry that pain and with them for the rest of their life. Most definitely, bro. Most sure definitely. do. Most definitely. And you, and the thing is, is like, so I said the book about it, the second book. And um, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just trying to, um, you know, like, 
I got over my fear of getting on stage. I got over my fear of hosting. I got over my fear of writing books. And I've gotten over other fears within, you know, doing stuff creatively. And one of the other fears I want to get over, I told you, I want to get on stage because uh, before I started doing poetry, I was on stage. To do, I did got on stage to do comedy mm-hmm. because, I, you know, I'd be having people laughing, right? But having somebody laughing, people laughing around you is different than being on stage. And I was, I can't sure understand that. You know, you can be funny as I don't know what around your friends because they don't expect you to be funny, right? right? I didn't understand timing. I didn't understand setups. I just didn't understand stage. I didn't understand none of that stuff at the time. Mm-hmm. Now I know how to do that because I know how to work the stage now. So, you know, in the future, I really believe I'm going to get on stage. Well, when I'm hosting, I stay jokes. But, so I get to see how it is sometimes. But in the future, I'm going to just create a set and just see how it is. Just just to do it. You know what I mean? Just because I, whatever I want to do, I, just go, I want to knock it out. I don't want to get that. older and be like, damn, I ain't do this. Or damn, I ain't do that. You know what I mean? Like, I want to do everything. You know what I mean? Whether it's creating merchandise, whether, uh, whether it's, you know, hosting shows, featuring. Um, I, I saw somebody had an ice cream business, a vegan ice cream business. I'm not a vegan right right now. I'm, I'm trying to work towards that side of state. I want to be here long as possible. There's no need to create all this shit and you ain't here to fucking celebrate it, right? So, right. so I want to, I want to, um, I saw what they, they had this vegan ice cream. It's very, very, I love ice cream. It's very good. And I'm sitting back thinking like, okay, how can we make this one place be everywhere? See, my mind always thinks, how can I make this better, right? Not, mm-hmm. not like, not, not, not tear it down, but what can we do? All right, I know this is at an eight, but what can we do to make this a 10? And I want to be able to start helping different businesses to do that, whether it's uh, artists, whether it's myself, whether it's an ice cream place, uh, uh, anything, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I want to be able to just push all types of stuff like that. I like that, fam. I like mm-hmm. that. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, this is Plugs In. This is Milk doing his thing. I think when you go on his website, his Instagram, and see what he's doing, I think you're going to see what I saw in him. Um, energy, um, positiveness, things that we need in this universe to help inspire people. And give them the information one more time, fam, how they can re- find you again and reach you. Um, you can reach me at, yeah, this Milk. TK, you want to let me do one poem before I go so they can hear what I do, man. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Now, uh, let, me, let me tell you, this is my show. Okay, okay. So let me ask you to do a poem. Not you tell you, me bro. to do a poem, but it's okay. I you. you know, I, you, I, just, I just, I move differently. So it's move okay. Different. So give them the information <laughs> on, <laughs> give them the information on how to reach you. Okay. You can reach me at Yadis Milk. That's spelled Y-E-A-H-T-H-I-S. M-I-L-K, all one word. You can reach me on Instagram, Facebook, or any social media. My website is called Yeah, This Book. I'm, I'm in the process of changing a website, so if you, you can go there if you want to, but I'm in the process okay, of changing cool. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, ladies and gentlemen, let me also tell you this. is um, If you're in Philadelphia, September 18th, um, make sure you come through. I'm at the Plays, Plays and Players Theater in Philadelphia, 1714 Delancey Place is going to be one show only. I'm excited about it. We have a young lady from Baltimore. It's your girl, Stilello, if you know Stilello, from Baltimore. A young man named Malcolm Hill out of Philadelphia. And Tony Bird is going to be off the chain. So hit the link in my bio. Get your tickets. I think they got like nine tickets left. And this is going to air in a few hours. 
So by the time this comes on, it's possible that this show can be um, sold out. Now, normally, ladies and gentlemen, the way I move is if someone asks me for something, I never let them do it because it takes away the creativity of how I move. That's just me. And my my friend Milk, who I find very fascinating, amazing, and because he said, TK, let me do a poem before um, I get off the air. Y'all going to have to video, y'all going to have to go follow him on Instagram and see him do his shit because he ain't going to do it on this show today. No, I'm teasing. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) You're a cold-blooded motherfucker, boy. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna let you slide on this one, man. So show some love. Let me let me hear. Let the people hear what you're doing, and then we're gonna fade out. We're gonna fade to black. I'm an asset. Fucking with liabilities. Bitches used to think I didn't exist. <laughs> now they feeling me. Punishing all women for the times you didn't appreciate the real me. Wearing this tight, toxic, materialistic mask, and soul won't be releasing tissue. Give me some ass. Who would respect only comes with the deal with three C's, cars, codes, and cash. Now my soul feel more filthy than my flesh. Compete with niggas on the lower level to show who got next, so my image must protect. All ego I project, not red lines and it's all just a test, you see. I'm in a cage with a fake attention, a scripting, conditioning. I slow down to stabilize my energy so they can finally see, but I want so many masks I forgot who I used to be. It's hard to be me when I turn my back on me, Changing myself for those who like themselves, because like me now, my soul and my body is miles apart. Jogging backwards to the back of bitches' back, no conscious, no heart. Shadow boxing the dark, masking my form. Pray while I'm fucking raw, this don't produce a newborn. Not getting the head, it's falling. I erase up my fucking memories, this is sex is born. I'm treating women like shit, because I remember they expect me, I'm treating them good. Not understanding it's broken by fuck boys who was broken by fuck girls up no good. I'm feeling like an alien being raised in a hood, trapped in a repetitive stage of slaves to why I behave. I'm trying to crack the algorithm so I get to the final stage. It's damn near impossible to be original when surrounded by people that's visible. Come up with a new style, nigga, try and cop you or kill you. Don't you understand you not being the real you? You <laughs> we can never be equal. You the same nigga that thinks you the shit because you master hurt your own people. I'm Tyson. You boosie. Oh, but you think we the same because we both fuck bitches wrong. We don't know their last name. Your celestial frame couldn't maintain if I could aim. I've been trying to help you, but you just trying to try me. Just a grown boy in a man's body that wasn't hugged enough by daddy or mommy. That's why I be ordered in my circle. I be protecting my space. Niggas always talk about unconditional love, but never bring up unconditional hate. Analyze that every move you make is still like the own clip. If the nigga actually fuck your baby mother, <laughs> just a smile up in your face. I want us to die for my respect. I don't have no identity. So for these chains around my neck, nigga, you going to kill me. I'm doing hand-to-hand combat with niggas who like empathy. So I pop in the most disrespectful thing money can buy, bitch. Remember me? But I'm still unable to fill his false sense of security. A real man can look another man in his eyes and judge for what you can't, nigga. Fuck these bars. Our scars are the same. You would never laugh at another black man if you could feel his pain. It's not a game you're um, playing for keeps. Cutting off niggas being shit that they speak if you think we're the same. I noticed when I caught a couple of diamonds in my mouth and gold chains, <laughs> things started to change. You see, you lose your pussy power when nigga always getting fucked. Dealing with women is when they prosecute themselves for potential a few bucks. When I reflect back, I'm not sure who was getting fucked. 
them or me. Because even though that was years, we're going to still try and move these masks so I can get back to being me. Thanks, TK. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it right here on the TK Kirkland Podcast. And may your pain be champagne. Salute. Make sure you follow TK Kirkland on Instagram at TK underscore Kirkland for more information about upcoming events and more. Visit www.officialtkkirkland.com. This episode of the TK Kirkland Show was produced by Chris Thomas, executively produced by Charlemagne the God. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.